0: Right. Hello. Welcome to Ghostman Radio Station, and tonight Sometimes I'm. T- I'm a little difficult time understanding you because you speak a little different English than I'm accustomed to. I'll I'll talk a bit. I talk. I tried to talk a bit posher. Tonight I'm Come talking on. to I'm talking to June At Hearn, who is going to tell me a little bit about who she is and what she does, and we're going to be talking a, a, a bit later about Halloween ritual to connect to your departed ones. I'm sure Pete will be very interested in that one. Hello. So, June, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well,
1: for about 50 years, I have been able to know things about people and to see... A to other dimensions, sometimes people may call that heaven or hell, uh, to communicate with the spirit of those that have left their physical bodies, and that all came to me after a a near death experience, I was quite a young lady when that happened in in an automobile accident, and I perceived it as going to the other side and returning, I remember it quite well actually on the other side, though it was a very short time. And after that I began to become interested in why do I know things about people that I've never even met or they've never told me. I started to study the Tarot cards and eventually it just led me to a profession of being a reader and a medium and here I am 50 years later.
0: <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's was a weird life we live in. Um, now obviously we have Halloween coming up on the horizon. And it's always supposed to be there's a lot of in culture about the um the day of the dead then we in mexico and places like that where they celebrate the, the, the people that have departed and they have little parties and i think sometimes they even dig them up don't they and dress them up and as if they were still there and all that but you i i think it would be interesting if you could tell us a little bit how, the, uh, how you would do, go about doing a ritual to connect to departed ones. How would we go about doing that?
1: Well, since I easily connect to the departed ones, the departed ones <laughs> without a whole lot of ritual, but I think it, it's especially beautiful on All Holy's Eve, the Halloween, we call it the Halloween of course. Um, I set up a candle in my window, a window in the front, you are going to invite spirits to come in, but you only want to invite the spirits to come in that you love and you are safe with, because as the history goes, the veils between the two worlds have dropped, and all of the spirits come out, the good, the holy, and the scary, so they're all walking the streets, and and certainly, you know, in the Celtic tradition of the guising, the children guising and dressing themselves up. It goes back to you know, don't give anybody your name. What's your name, Baldy Bain? Ask me again. I'll tell you <laughs> another. So it has to do with both love and fear. You want to invite those you love in. You light a candle. You put out a beverage or something, and something for them to eat, just like you would do it for any guest. Sometimes people set up an, uh, an extra chair. So I'm sitting in a chair, and I set up a chair for a loved one to visit me. Uh, I always put photographs around my candle in the front of the house, uh, and I have my beverages set up. And at times, I will write a note. Perhaps I'm feeling very uh, melancholy, and I just want to connect to a beloved sister that passed, or my mother, or whoever. And I'll I'll tell them how wonderful they were in my life, what they gave to my life, how they contributed to make me a happier and, mo- and most loved person. So I will leave a note. Of course, when you go to bed, you have to extinguish that candle, unless you're using an electric lead candle. But the whole setting up of it brings you back to the sense that you are reconnected to that person that you're grieving for. And even the ancestors you don't know, uh, you know, people forget how hard life was. (laughs) I mean, just even to get food, how hard life was. Uh, I know that uh, I'm an immigrant to the United States. I came when I was six years old. I came from Scotland, and my father came here for a better life. He came here so he could get a better job and feed all his lovely wee wains you know and um and that is my way of honoring those that have given to my life to make it better today. That's
0: and do you spiritual. think now well, that we are more paranormally aware than we were before because of um because COVID's made us look into ourselves a bit more, do you think people are more aware of their surroundings now than they were before?
1: Absolutely. There is a huge... When, when I began 50 years ago, uh, you know, only certain people did it. Uh, I've been called every name in the book. You know, religious people didn't do it. Uh, cons did it to con people and all that it. Growing awareness, and I have to say, even in the last 20 years, the amount of people that are so aware of intuition, of paranormal connections, uh, and and ask me all the time. And now I'm pretty much retired, except when I do my paranormal investigations for the Haunted Bay. But people are much more willing to accept and open to the idea that there's much more than the three-dimensional world than what we see and what we get. Uh, I like it. I, finally, I can talk about it openly without people thinking that I'm cuckoo, which you know, that doesn't have to be part of that. I, I think I'm very normal.
0: Now, when you do your par- help with your paranormal investigations, do you like to know the history of the place, or do you like to go in? What the word technically like blind? You just don't want to know anything about a place, bar that you've gone in and then you pick up on the vibe of what's going on
1: absolutely i want to go in completely as you say blind i don't want to know about it other than the app ad- if i have to drive there if i'm not having someone else drive me um, all i want to know is okay what's the address I, will, I don't want anybody influencing me and i would do that for years in my readings when people would come for readings of course right away they want to start telling you here i am this is it uh and I always say, let me have my own impression because people can color your thoughts. They can they can lead you to what they want you to see or say. And I don't I don't do that. Uh, I love going in blind and I say whatever I'm feeling, picking up. And if I'm not, I mean I've been on investigations where I say I, I'm not getting it. And whereas another medium, they may get it. So I like to be real up front. I like to just say what I'm picking up. Uh, Some of it historically has been shown to be uh, proven, you know, by the producer of the haunted bay or the person I'm dealing with. You know, I'll say I'll pick up something. Maybe I say, oh, there was a man in this room. He liked to play music. He would come here to be away from the family. And I, I'm thinking of a client uh, that I did an investigation. (coughs) He said, yes, that's my uncle. But when I went into the house, not knowing anything, it was three stories up. I just trudged up, the person behind me going, uh, uh, but this room over here. And I said, no. And I went to this back room. I said, this is the room where the spirit is. So it's good to get validation. I don't like to just say something and someone says, gee, I don't know.
0: What is the strangest or <laughs> most scariest experience you've had while you've been... Doing your paranormal experiences. You must have had one that's like freaked you a little bit. Uh,
1: the, the scary part?
0: Yeah. Did I say? Yeah, what's the one that scared you the most? Like <laughs> you've ever gone in one, as you gone, oh, I don't oh, like to be my here.
1: Uh, well, there is a couple places. One I can't talk too much about because it hasn't been edited and put up yet uh, on the Haunted Bay. Uh, it was horrible. I don't get scared easy. I figure I shouldn't be doing what i do if i'm going to be that scared you know once in a while you get the little feeling like someone just walked over your grave the willies like oh my god uh, and so when i watch programs where they're the, uh, doing investigations and they start screaming and doing all that it's totally phony i'm gonna tell people now it's phony <laughs> don't even look at them but i went to this warehouse not in san francisco because we usually do something around the bay area here in california um and I actually f- almost fainted by what was being done to me by the entities that were there. And I'm not the only per. I found out later, the reason they had us over is the employees of this warehouse uh, had taken some even photographs and how they had felt this menacing presence. And I don't faint easy, it's not something that I get scared easy, I uh, get woozy or any of that, and I actually had to be held up, because uh, I had felt the walls crushing in on me, that was very scary, there was another place in Jamaica, I was brought down to Jamaica, I was commissioned, meaning they paid for everything for me, and one of it was to see what I picked up in this house, and in that place, um, I felt like I was being pinched and slapped, and, and that was a very, that was very scary too. Yeah, there's times, but I didn't get scared in that one. After I got scared, I got angry. I'm one of those people that if I get scared, instead of flight, I go into fight. (laughs) So, that's what I, you know. So, uh, yeah, those are two. There's another one called the Great Star Theater in Chinatown in San Francisco. There were some things that happened in that one, too, that were unnerving. But I wouldn't say that I was really scared. Yeah, I I can't say I was scared about it
0: what do you think of the theory that some people think that aliens and angels are related Are they are the same being
1: well i'm sure religious people may not want to hear that But I, you know what i i also call um, those that surround me and that are helpful i do call them angels but i absolutely believe that we call the other beings aliens just like we call people that come to other people's countries, right? Oh, they're aliens. I, I believe it is the same thing. I believe that they, from what I've seen and read and see some of the programs, and I look at them to learn, you know, uh, I I believe, yes, they are the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do as well, because there's too much coincidence going on, you know. I mean, it's like, I'm a great believer in that we try to look for the big miracles, but really, there's lots of little miracles that get missed.
1: Yes. Yeah, daily ones. And some of that little uh, miracle can be someone just saying hello to you when you're feeling really down. And suddenly, or, or say a, a cat or a dog comes up to you uh, when you're feeling unwanted or, or lonely. Uh, these are little fun little blessed, blessings. I call them blessings. These are blessings that happen in life. I know people are rather dismal right now, and there's a lot of fear. Uh, if we could just look at something that is better in our life, and a ver- like you said, miracles in a very small way.
0: Do you think we manifest evil in our yes. m- through the power of our minds, through the power of our minds?
1: Wow! No one's ever asked me that before, uh, and I have said, turn your mind away from. that because of their fear well let's even look at it today because of their fear people keep seeing horrible incidents of people going on instead of you know there's a lot of good people on planet earth but what we hear about are those that are causing disruptions for us and certainly everyone knows in the United States how bad it has become and it is really bad here uh, division wise when you go in and you believe that you're afraid when you're afraid attract to you I call them vampire entities low grade entities someone like me uh, will counter them and if I can't counter them I'll get the heck out of there I don't want to deal with them. but those that can't counter them they just open up their whole aura energy and say come on in evil so that you can validate that life is a terrible scary place
0: I always think, uh, I know this is a bit weird I wonder how we would how if Jesus was around now how w- would social media deal with it? <laughs> you mean the, the hippie with the long hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just thinking it yeah, I, 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 just thinking there'd be so many people going on Twitter oh this isn't the bloke he can't be him. he's white no he, he's got He's got. he's like a hippie Yeah. know yeah. there'd be this all this discounting I just I, I just would find it fascinating how it would be so different if the Bible was now instead of when it was,
1: yeah, uh, I I think of course, though, you know, there are people uh, are not religious at all, people who do not believe in any kind of spiritual being, and so those people would be countering Jesus all the time. Show me, you know, like uh, Thomas the doubter. Show me, show me, do something. Everybody always wants. I know as a reader, people are like, well, you tell me. You must know you're psychic there's always those that want to counter you and i think that they would be countering jesus those ones then there would be ones who have their own jesus you know it's like the dalai lama when china said well that dalai lama doesn't exist we're going to give you another dalai lama i think jesus would have a very hard time of it on social media he'd have to really get uh, an influencer <laughs> an influencer to keep putting him out, out there
0: well i don't think that um we portrayed we put true evil on people like I'm not saying Hitler wasn't true evil, I'm just saying the the times made him more eviler than he would have been. Yeah, you know, the the you know, all the factors were all into one. You know, the poor countries, people wanted someone to come along, save the day, he said all the right things, all the right rhetoric. A bit like Putin is now. He's trying to say all these frightening things to just say, oh, I'll put a nuclear bomb over there, or will bomb your oil, and I'll do this. And he's, he's getting the world into fear. And they're playing the game back, aren't they? They're sort of playing the game with him back.
1: within. You're never going to find it outside of yourself, no matter if Jesus or anybody comes into your life. Um, I'm not a big follower of any one person or any one belief. I like to think for myself, and I don't think that most people think for themselves. I think they want, as you said, someone to come in and save them. And it wouldn't matter if Jesus came right now. Is the world more evil than it's ever been? I think that it we have greater access to information of other places that in Jesus' time people didn't have access to. There were killings and torturings and everything, the gold went to the upper ones, right? The royalty and all that. So I think that these days is that we, let me tell you this, I went to a parochial school, I went to school with the nuns back in the days where they actually wore the habits and everything. And I remember that one of, in one of my grades, the nun said that when well, we know what everybody else is thinking, that will be Judgment Day, the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's the end of what we know of the world because we know basically, we even know what people eat and where they go to the gym. <laughs> so we are in a changing time, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think it's sad that we've lost the art of communication. I don't think nobody talks to anyone in them anymore I think there's one will when people have an argument now they don't listen to the either either side I'm, I don't mind if I'm wrong in a debate but I think it's good to have a debate
1: oh absolutely I, I think a good it's a very informative to have a good debate the problem is people see a, a, a debate they use a debate as a argue your points. But a debate is not this ongoing yelling at each other argument. That's not a debate. And that's what's happening now, unfortunately, uh, politically and socially in the world. When we talk about communication, why do people not hear each other? Well, it's the same reason why people don't hear the spirits of loved ones that have gone on. They're not listening. It's a problem we're having on planet Earth. People are not listening to the living people, and people are not listening to those that have left the physical world in spirit. So all you have to do is listen. Do you know when
0: you say we don't? Do you think sometimes we're given little? I believe we're given little signs sometimes. It could be just the smallest of things that you like. You um, like recently, well, some time ago, my wife was in bed, and she swears it was like two dark figures watching her. It was only like briefly for a couple of seconds she said they were there. And I said, well, perhaps that was your mother and father visiting I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm only guessing. I'm not saying it was because I wasn't there. But I just thought, well, perhaps it was just there saying, yeah, you're right. Come on. Don't worry. I don't, you know, I think sometimes we get these little we're looking, like again, for the like we said about the miracles, we're looking for the little big things to come, like the ghosts going, Hi, hello Mark, how are you going? But it doesn't work that way, does it? Because, like you say, they can only communicate if you're open to it. It's like everything, isn't it? You're yeah, absolutely
1: right. Very insightful. The way spirits communicate, When I, I, I should have included, as you said, not listening, but keeping your eyes open, Keeping your awareness. There, it was said at one time. You know, I read auras around people. I see colors, and it gives me information about that person's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual state. At one time, uh, auras were not uncommon on planet Earth, but now we live in a concrete jungle, so to speak. You know, even our little suburbia homes in their uh, place. So people have lost that part of them of awareness. Those that are out in nature have a greater awareness. A very small message can come. To look up and there's a hummingbird right the outside you say your kitchen window, and you're having your tea or your coffee whatever, and you've been thinking of a loved one that passed and you see that hummingbird. Well, to me that very well can be the spirit is coming through part of nature. Nature absolutely gives you a lot of signals.
0: Yeah, I don't that I mean, I, I think when they always say this is a bit more controversial when they say about the soul i think everything's got a soul i honestly believe that and depending on how big or small and i think that the soul as such is like an energy force and the energy force whenever we go either goes into like uh, like a hive like mind or my theory i mean i could be talking absolute rubbish is that we, you know, like when we see the stars in the sky, we think it's just stars. I don't think it's stars. I think it's markings of people that have gone. And that's just their way of that we, they're looking back at us. Now people are going to say, no, the star is made of this and this and that. But how can we keep seeing them, although some of them are supposed to have been died, dead like God knows how many millions of years ago? I just don't understand that, how that's possible.
1: funny you brought up the stars you must be psychic Uh, i got up at 5 a.m this morning i'm at that age now where i only sleep very little and i went out and the it was clear as could be and the stars were just shining and you're right and right away i thought about my sister right away and i thought hi i said to her hi because she to me is one of those stars like you said they are physical representations. We are a physical representation of our spirit. I mean, you, you, you really broke it down very well. Uh, to me, that's what I think, and that's what I believe. That when we leave this planet, uh, we are, we become everything, like cells in the body. To me, the universe, the cosmic energy, are like cells in a big body. It's making up a body, and so each one has a life.
0: I think, I, I've told this to people before, I don't know how true it is. I've read it in journals, so I have to take it a little bit pinch salt. That when they've done post-mortems, you know, when they do the whole weighing up things, there's always a slight discrepancy that they can never account for. And that's been mentioned, whether it's true or not, I cannot prove it. Yet again, I can't prove it. It, it could be the soul when it leaves the body. I mean, I don't know. How much of that is true? Because I'm not a mortician or an undertaker. I don't know. Like we could be talking rubbish. So someone might be going, "No, that's not true." Blah 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 blah. I mean, I wish someone would tell me, then I couldn't, and then I could say, "Oh, sorry, I've been wrong." You know. But I have read it uh, uh, quite a few places. Well, uh,
1: there was a report that came out, and I can't cite the name for you. I, I can't remember. It. Uh, someone sent it to me. Well, let's say it was within. Excuse me, within 10 years. And scientists are starting to say, well, we know more and more how the brain functions. And I love to keep up with the uh, scientific studies and results of the brain. They're doing great work. But we don't know what feeds the brain, per se, other than the physical part of it. We think there might be a mind that is different from the brain, but we cannot really... Clarify or identify what the mind is, as somewhat of what you're saying. The spirit feeding the soul, living in the body. You know, we learned that the soul resides in the heart, like your heart leads you, and then the spirit, be it say the mind, feeding the brain, the soul, and then the the soul feeding the actions and the words and what have you don't live in the physiology they live in the physical sense uh, kind of like the trinity isn't it you know when we uh some people pray to the father the son and the holy spirit they call it the trinity so there's a little bit of a trinity there
0: It's funny you say that i think uh, it is always this connection about when someone dies we always say oh there's going to be it's going to be a couple more we always say it's in freeze now whether that's because we perceive it that way and we're looking for it that way, like you said earlier, like, perhaps it's in our subconscious mind that we think that, but when you look at it, sometimes they look a and go, oh yeah, there's that one there and then there's that, oh, yeah, that one. I don't know if that's us looking for it, I don't know if that's us as humans looking for this no- magic number three, or it's just a coincidence.
1: esoterical studies in uh, spiritual manifest physical studies number three is considered as you just said a magical number a very important number uh and it's like the pyramid you have the you know the three aspects leading to the top uh, as far as it comes in three i have to say that in all my very few years of living and now in my 70s uh It seems like there's a lot of truth about deaths coming in three, whether it's a coincidence, whether I'm just looking for it. I cannot say if it's both of those, but it's been my experience that deaths do come in threes.
0: Now, obviously you've, oh, sorry, you
1: I'm just say it may not be the death of someone you know. It can't just be, say, a rock star dies. And then your cousin dies, and then a friend
0: tells you their father died. you know it, it could be something like that And so there's obviously the, the the other theory that for everyone who dies, there's another person born as if its soul was reborn in a, in a reincarnation. I'm not too sure about reincarnation. I have to admit that it's one of these subjects of a bit I don't know enough about it. I have to be honest about that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, I I think it's always good to question. Someone asked me the other day. It was a, a woman that I used to babysit her children, you know, when they were young, uh, and her son was killed in a motorcycle accident. She's a very, I, I really like this, fa- I like this family and knew him, and she asked me. She says, "I really don't believe in the afterlife, but." You seem to know things about people. Like, yeah, I, I I can tell a person something about I've never met, and I can talk to them about some of this past. And I said to her, I'm not sure if I believe in it either completely, because I'm not then and I haven't come back. It has to be something that you will want to keep a wonderment about. Is it really true? Does it really happen? I mean, people believe in God, but... Who's really seeing God? I'm not talking about Jesus or any of the saints or whatever, but the God. Uh, that is in the person's own perception, as far as I'm concerned. You know, how you perceive a God and how I perceive a God could be very different. There could be differences. So I'm with you. You should always keep yourself as a walking question mark.
0: Now, Joan, tell me a little bit about your books.
1: Well, I have four books. Two are novels and uh, two are nonfiction. Uh, my first book is uh, The Timeless Counselor, how to go and get a – what is a psychic reading? What can it give you? What questions would you ask to get the most from the reader? How to tell if the reader's really uh, a legitimate one or just uh, taking your money. And it just goes through all the aspects, where to find a reader, the different kinds of readers. And then my other book, How to Talk with Spirits. Um, seances, mediums and ghost hunts and doing it yourself. It goes all through all the aspects and I answer a lot of questions in that book of everything you and I and more of what we're talking about. Those questions came to me from people before I wrote the book. uh, I I sent out a, a mailer and I said, if you have a question about any of the spirit world, ask me. And I based a lot of what I've gotten like not that's more important to me so that book has um, really been it's really quite popular and and I didn't want to write it a friend kept saying my angel said you have to write this book and I said that that was my last book I said I don't want to write any more books (laughs) you know not only writing them but editing and and, uh, marketing them Uh, and so I wrote it to appease him and he died within a year after he delivered that message to me and surprisingly that book um, has brought a greater awareness uh, to people about communicating with spirits that have went on. Angels, spirits, guides, all of that.
0: I know, uh, as I said, I, I, um, and you said the other books you've done the novels, did you say?
1: Yes, my novels. Oh my God, they're so much fun to write a novel. Write a novel. <laughs> You're going to have a good
0: time. I know, I've done, I've done a couple <laughs> myself. It, it, it's... it's a bit of escapism. It's lovely. If I i, I one for myself, I I could. Know, yeah, but I'm being honest. But know. I I thought if yeah, someone likes it, I'd i uh, uh, great. But if I never sell one, I don't care. <laughs> People go, "Cause you care about selling but I will No, because no. It, if you don't, if you can't write for yourself, you can't expect no one else to read.
1: It. Exactly. expect uh, that you're going to make a living now. That That's a whole different uh, story, <laughs> so to speak. But when you write a novel and you get to talk the characters out, and each part of the character is somewhat either like yourself or somebody who has been in your life, but you give them different names because you don't <laughs> I've had a few people, my first novel, The Sky and June, and, and uh, both of them are uh, Scottish immigrants to San Francisco, a family you know that comes to San Francisco, because that's what my family did. But I just had to kill off the two brothers and only make them have sisters. There were eight of us. I couldn't have all those people in the novel. And, you, and they're so much fun. The second novel, I wrote it because a Scottish actress in Hollywood asked me to write a screenplay for her. And uh, my sister died then, and I didn't finish it. And the time I got around to it, she moved on. But I, So I made it a novel. And it was all about the 60s in San Francisco. I'd listen to my 60s music, and I'd write... Drugs, free love, <laughs> murder. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it, it, die.
0: <laughs> it, it was a weird time, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you've got a couple websites, I see. You've got a coaching website and your own website, I believe. Yeah, uh, my coaching? Yeah, you've got a coaching website. Yeah, yeah you got...
1: Well, now I only do metaphysical coaching, I mean, I'm pretty done with people, uh, getting them to achieve all these things, but if we talk metaphysically and we apply the spiritual or the hermetic principles, you're going to get it anyway. I mean, that's where it all begins. So I just do that now, because, you know, I'm mostly retired. Uh, I have some clients that I've kept, or if it's a special person that I think we could work well together, uh, I take only people that I think I could work with, otherwise...
0: So, so June, can you tell me what you, which website you would like people to go to to find any information out about you? What was that? I'm sorry. Please mention any website you'd like to mention.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sometimes my ears get old. That's okay. And they just filter out. Uh, well, the easiest way is just my name. www.June, like the month, Ahern, A-H-E-R-N.com. Uh, and I do have another website, sfcoaching, but that page, Juna will take you to anything if you're interested. Uh, I do online classes once a month, taking a break after November class, and it's all metaphysical or spiritual. Uh, I'm thinking in November I might have some of the uh, my mediums that I know of. maybe i deliver a few messages. I, I, I like to keep it informative, short, and fun.
0: Well that's the best thing. I think you got I think everything you do you've got to have a sense of humour otherwise you never survive. I mean I, I have my dark days, I'm not gonna say I don't. I have very dark days sometimes. And it has driven me quite ill in the past and I'm not gonna say it hasn't. But I try not to get to that stage now. I try to be yeah, more more relaxed. I try to be more well, what can I really do about it now? Why am I getting stressed about it? Yeah. I try, but obviously once you've gone over the tipping point, it's too late. But the,
1: the dark days, the dark times—I just had, I just had that a few days, and uh, and I'm like you, you know. I had to take my little, I took my little walk down to the ocean. I don't live far from it. And I looked at it and I realized what a little, I'm like a speck of sand there, and I don't have to worry about the whole world. Yeah, I get into feeling like. Caring so much for people it overwhelms me at times, uh, and you, you're right. If you don't have a sense of humor, you're going to live an unhappy life. This well, world is such a strange place.
0: <laughs> oh my God, yes. I thought I was I thought I was odd, but I know a lot more people other than me, and I think to myself, well, well, I didn't think that's possible. I mean, England's put be full of more eccentrics than anywhere else in the world. I would have thought. I mean, in America's got a few, but we've got a, f- a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to get
1: back some day to Scotland. I have all my relatives there. Uh, they're all. As- I haven't been there since 06, and uh, get back and just enjoy myself.
0: Yeah, know, I mean, it's, it's it's down to money and sorting things out, and it's never it's flying. It's, it's flying and things like that. It's just never easy
1: especially now now I'm not I'm not so eager to get on a plane at this time Um, maybe I'll take a big ship over there who knows one does not
0: know longer trip but hey you can sit back and relax yeah yeah well thank you for this uh, lovely chat we've had June I hope you've enjoyed it I'll just stop them calling there